In honor of the launch of our podcast, I'm offering my course, The Everybody Program, for 50% off until February 15th with code PODCAST. Check out my website, everybodybymel.com, for more info and to apply. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Sick in the City. We're Amanda and Mel, two sick chicks filling the tea on chronic illness. We have a really great episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about all kinds of things, and we are going to interview Mel, which is going to be so exciting. She has so much knowledge, and I can't wait to learn more about her and her background. So, hey, Mel, how's it going? Oh, my God. What a first, like, two weeks of our podcast since oh my God. episode one. It's been kind of a whirlwind, but an overwhelming and unexpected, exciting time, and it's just, I mean, how have you been feeling since step one? Oh my God. My, my heart is so full. Like it has been, there's been so much buzz and so much positive feedback. I think my mind is blown. Like I didn't know what to expect and everyone like that's been listening. You guys are just awesome. Like I can't wait to be on this journey with everyone. I still am just kind of like laughing that, that, this all has kind of played out this way. And I know we didn't, we didn't really go into this with any intentions. We were just like, yeah, let's have fun and just see what happens. And, and I think in the first couple of days, we got a little notification that said we were in like the top hundred nutrition like yes. podcasts on Apple, Apple podcasts, which was just, I was like, wait, wait, like people are actually listening to us. <laughs> yes. Thank you all for listening. Um, and I think we're number 29 in Ireland, right? So we love the UK. <laughs> yeah. Ireland, Britain, like I'm about that. I've never been to Ireland, but all of you guys that live there, just like message me and tell me what it's about because it's something, it's somewhere I've wanted to go ever since I saw PS I Love You, which oh, yeah. like, so you good. know, flashbacks, but wow, that movie. Um, but it's been so fun. And like, just all the reviews have been cracking me up. Like what was, <laughs> what was your, probably the most shocking thing you heard? back from people because I know, I know what I think. I know what you're going to say because, and I think we agree on this is that we have heard that people think we sound alike, that we sound the same, which I don't know if that's true, but what do you think? I don't think we sound alike. Like you grew up in New York and I grew up in Texas. Like I know. And I know that I don't really have a Southern accent or or anything, but I know that I do say y'all. That's probably the only thing that's kind of like okay, like, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> like when I'm out in the city and somebody says y'all, like so many of my waiters at restaurants say y'all. And every time we're like, where are you from? Like, and <laughs> they're always like Georgia or Texas. And I'm like, I'm not alone. <laughs> I know it's, it's interesting. Like I, I definitely don't have a New York accent and it's funny because you do few, though. Do I? You do. do I? You do. You said Long yeah. Island the other day and it was like thick. I was like, Oh, oh really? But that oh was probably God. the first time I was like, that was, a, that was New York. <laughs> I have never heard that before in my life. Like my dad is from the Bronx and sometimes he will talk, like he actually will speak like he's from the Bronx. And I'm like, wow, that's like a real <laughs> thing. But I have traveled all over the country and people never know where I'm from. Well, you were just saying that you say fruit names weird and you like, don't know where that came from. I need I to do of that. Okay. So this is something that's been going on between me and my husband, and it's only happened over the last few years. So I have no idea where it came from, but I say cherries and I say berries. So I say strawberries and cherries (laughs) and 
And apparently that's not normal. I don't know. Like most people say cherries. Yeah. Cherries. Right. And I say Right. Like, yeah. And I say (laughs) cheeries, like Cheerios. (laughs) I've never, yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah. I think maybe orange too. Like, how do you say orange? Orange. Orange or orange? Orange. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I know people that say orange. Okay. And that's kind of like the whole like pillow pillow thing too. Like I yeah. people say pillow and I'm like, it's pillow. Like I, right. I don't, there's just so many weird little things, but I mean, there's nothing since I've known you that has stuck out to me. Like you're from New York until you said right. Long Island the other day. And it was like Long Island. And I'm like, Long oh, Island. hey, like, how yeah. do you, right. There's a lot of, you know, water talk, yeah. walk, like there, that's a lot of, that's very New York. <laughs> So, I mean, I love it. I love it. Oh my God. And up here in New York lately, it has been absolutely insane. We had a blizzard this week. Right. I'm not kidding. Yeah. It's the most snow that we have gotten in a really long time. Like, I will say, we haven't had a storm this bad in a few years. Like, I, so you have come here and we'll talk (laughs) about that in a little bit, but like you came here and you brought the snow, like what is going on? I don't know. I mean, cause we had a huge storm in December too, uh, like Mm -hmm. a couple weeks before Christmas. And of course that was like walking in a winter wonderland, but then this time around, it's like, holy shit, like it is snowing and it it didn't stop for like two and a half days. And every time I looked out the window, I mean, it was a really like fluffy, like drifty snow. Like, I don't know how much you pay attention to it now because you've been in snow your whole life, but I have (laughs) not. So I sit here and it's like, I texted you. I couldn't get anything done that day. I just kept looking out the window. I was like, oh my God, I live in this. I didn't know there were different types. Like, are there different types of snow in your opinion? I I guess so. Like, I mean, there was a snow a couple weeks ago that looked like it was almost rain. It was like a really heavy, wet snow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of snow I'm used to in Texas. If it ever snowed, it was like really wet snow. Right. Um, but it cracks me up because it's such a different vibe here when it snows. Like everybody's right. like, Ugh. like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't get anywhere. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, I'll say a couple of things. Like one is that I was I woke up in the morning, like in, like at the crack of dawn, because people were snow blowing, there's like plows. So that's number one annoying versus the other side of it where you're like, they haven't plowed and I can't leave my like apartment. I can't leave my house. So that's that. And then also like we were talking about like the cold and the, the wet snow is so hard on people that have arthritis and chronic illness because like they, you know, flare and I'm one of those people. So you've been like in awe of the snow and I've been like, I'm dying. I can't do this. I know. I, know. I felt so bad. Cause I'm over here. Like it's the most magical day of my life. <laughs> and you're like, I can't get out of bed. Like you texted me that you and Rob were sitting in your bed, like yes. parents and Willy Wonka, like working yes. one day. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. We worked from like bed satellite. And I always say that I'm like, yes, we are the grandparents from Willy Wonka. Like we're just functioning in bed. Like that's it. Like just visit us there. We have our meals there. <laughs> like I want to know more about like your symptoms coming on in the cold because something you mentioned to me that I thought was really interesting and I wanted to ask you about was that your your Ayurveda Ayurveda dosha right is that how you say right yep Ayurveda yeah Ayurveda dosha like you flare more in the cold I wanted to hear more about how that kind of came on and if this is something that's been going on like every winter and yeah totally 
It's, it's really interesting. Cause I think that it's, there's a few things, right? So one is that, um, when you have, you know, arthritis and chronic symptoms, like the cold is like just very, very bitter and brittle almost. Like it just feels like to me on my joints, on my muscles, on my bones, like it feels like I'm just like in like a vice grip. Like I am just like, can't like move. Like I literally feel like the tin man. Um, so, and what's really interesting just before I kind of get into Ayurveda is that I had found, um, an arthritis weather index website. So people yeah. should definitely check that out. And when it was snowing, it was like up to eight or nine on the index. And I was like, oh my God, we're in for it. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'd rather know or not know. <laughs> what is this website called? <laughs> um, I think it's just, it's part of arthritis.org. And then they just have a place where you can put in your zip code and then you could find out like what the index is going to be. And it's really cool. But then like, yes, do I really want to know that I'm going to have a flare? Like, you yeah. know, I don't no, know. That's kind of how I was in Texas because weather.com has a feature that shows allergens and mm-hmm. it shows how high the mold count is in the air during wow. specific times of the year too. And, and yeah, it's like you almost, you want to know, but at the same time, it, it just kind of makes things worse knowing that things are going to be right. bad. Like you don't ever want to know, oh crap, like I'm going to feel awful today. But at the same time, I guess it does kind of prepare you, but then it goes back to the whole, like, is this me freaking out because I'm expecting it at the same time? Like there's so many aspects right. of it. Do you think it into for like fruition basically? Like that's, that's a thought in my head too. Like, I'm like, okay, am I saying I'm seeing this, this is a nine. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in pain. And then I wake up therefore I'm in pain. So like, I don't know the balance there, but definitely something that, you know, is kind of top of mind. And, and I flare in the winter and then I also flare in the summer when it's really hot. And I feel like it's, you know, extremes are just not good all around for chronic illness. And like, I feel that like fall and spring, (laughs) I'm good, as good as I could be. Right. Which is funny because that's usually when like allergens, I feel like allergens are worse in the fall and spring. They are. Yeah. But I don't know. I I always did flare in the summer too, though, like when it was so hot. And I don't know for me if that was like the mold in Texas or what, but symptoms always, I was always more bloated, always a little bit more inflamed in the summer. Yeah. That's been one of the reliefs of moving here is because I, I luckily have not had any issues with the cold. Um, but yeah, I wanted to learn more a little bit about like the doshas and like, yes, okay, you're bringing it back. (laughs) I know which one I, I am. I just don't know which name, but okay. I want to, I want to know too, if the one that I guess that you are is the one that you are. So it's, it's really interesting. So the way that Ayurveda works is that there's three different doshas and three different body types, but you can be a mix of, of all three. You could be a mix of two, like, and also throughout your life, you can change your dosha. So you are born with one primary dosha, but it is subject to change. And so the whole basis of Ayurveda is really this sort of lifestyle where you're trying to get your dosha back into balance. Mm. So just to make it really simple, the three doshas are pitta, kapha, and vata. And pitta is the fire element. So that's really your summer dosha. And so pittas are really sort of like these aggressive type A people. They're like the leaders, go, 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 competitive, um, athletic body type, I would say. Um, And then kapha is really your sturdy, like your those are the people that you really just like want to embrace you in a hug. Like they are just like the (laughs) lovable people. And that sort of season I would say is kind of like 
spring. It's really like rainy, like wet, damp. Um, Kapha is earth, mm. you know, if you're thinking of it that way. So just like how um, the ground might be like wet or damp, right? Yeah. Um, and then Vata is air and it's dry. And so Vata and Vata people are usually sort of like wispy, like like thinner kind of people and Vata and they're also very like restless, free spirit. Like Vata people have a lot of anxiety. Oh. Like, you know, people that kind of like jump from one thing to another, which I probably <laughs> do on here all the time. Like they're very, like, is that you? <laughs> yes, creative people. And so, yes, you can be a combo of all of them. But the thing that's really interesting about, about Vata specifically, so, you know, fall is a Vata season and winter can kind of be Vata and it could also be kapha because kapha would be like your snow like that's water right like that's like water that's like earth but then when you have cold it's like vata so it's like a little bit of both but the interesting thing about vata is that an element of vata is pain so people that have chronic pain or they have arthritis that's sometimes an over abundance of vata in the body so when you, so say you're a Vata person, like you are just the type of person that is always cold. You're, you know, kind of like more, I wouldn't say like fragile, but like, you know, just you maybe have issues in your joints and your bones. And so you're kind of a colder, more air element person. Then you're in a cold season. You're going to be struggling to make yourself warm, you know, like you're going to be struggling. So I am a mix of vata and pitta naturally, like in my, my life. So like, I'm really born a pitta. Like I kind of have that fire element. I definitely am more like, I was very athletic as a kid. Like I very competitive. My dad is definitely pitta, but then as I've gotten older, I've become more vata and especially through my chronic illness. Um, so the cold for me is really hard and that's why I feel amazing when I take a warm salt bath or I have Mm -hmm. my heating pad and a major thing that people can do is also just eat warm foods, eat, you know, soup, tea, you know, things like that. Um, but Vata people really like cold stuff. So like I'm drinking an iced tea right now. That's probably not ideal for being in a cold season, you know, but it's like, and I like smoothies, but you're like kind of supposed to eat seasonally. Yeah. Yeah. So I see you as probably like a pitta kapha. That's kind of the way that I would view you, but what do you, I think you, cause you are like a go, go, go person, but you're also like earth element for sure. Like grounded. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I've had to be very grounded in my life. Like I, there's so many roles I think that I naturally take on. Um, and like, I'm a big sister. I have two younger siblings and, and like, I've always kind of, people call me like mama Mel sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, I'm the, I'm the warm hug. Like, yes, and- you are definitely Kappa. Like <laughs> the sweet Kappa too is like sweet, uh-huh. like the way you think of it. So like Kappa people are yes. Like the mama, the mama bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. And I mean, the only two things that I really kind of were aware of was that I, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kafa, like, at least for me, I like colder environments. Like, I mean, my perfect temperature is like a solid 70 degree day. Like it's right. And then the sun right. is out, but it's not too hot where you can like right. be comfortable. Um, and cause I love the sunshine. Like I'm a sunshine, baby, right. but I, 
don't like the heat. Like I do not like to be hot. I never liked to sweat growing up. Like my mom got me in ice skating as a kid because I played tennis outside in the summer and I'm like, I hate to sweat. And my mom's like, okay, (laughs) let's get you on the ice then. And I still didn't like that and ended up in choir anyway. But (laughs) long story short, I know as like I was healing, I didn't do very well with cold foods. So like mm-hmm. smoothies, I had to kind of take a break from my body just, yeah. and like ice water, I only drink lukewarm water. Like I can't drink, like my body doesn't like ice water. So I don't know right. if those are all like kapha signifiers, but definitely. And also I would say, you know, when it comes to the, you know, warm foods versus cold foods, it also has to do with your digestion, mm-hmm. which is such a big thing because if you're eating stuff that's hot and that's warm, even spicy foods, like, and this is Ayurvedically, but just like also just in general, from a nutrition perspective, you're revving your digestion and you're sort of heating up your metabolism. Uh When you eat cold stuff, it cools that down and sort of like quells that fire. And so for me, it's something I have to be cognizant of yeah. Because I, because I do really like cold stuff. Um, but I am always cold. So it just doesn't help me at all. <laughs> yeah. I know this, it's just so fun to learn about this stuff because like yeah. we always say, like, it's just another tool in our toolbox of like mm-hmm. understanding our bodies, understand when something's trying to tell us something's wrong and how to correct yeah. it and like things we can add in. And yeah, I just thought that was yeah. really interesting when you mentioned that during the snow this week, I was like, I want to learn more about that, but yeah. Everything is melting. Good, good news and bad news because I was like, I really want to walk out in Central Park this weekend and see the snow. But at the same time, it's hard when there's mountains of snow everywhere. So I know things are melting. February is here. Like we're, you know, spring is on the horizon. Totally. Good things to look forward to. And I wanted to ask you about how your new camera purchase has been. I know. You know, I was just going to say to you because. I, so I got a Canon camera. Um, it is, this has been 10 years in the making. I have wanted to get a camera for a really long time. Um, I had a health and nutrition blog back in like, I don't know, 2011, 2012. And I only took pictures with my phone, which was not high tech back then. And it was not, <laughs> if I even look at those pictures, it's ridiculous. So I've just been having so much fun creating recipes and taking pictures and I don't think I would have done it without your support because you are a photography guru, which we're going to get into just in a couple minutes about, about you, but you're such a guru. And so we've been joking and saying that you're my like photog sensei, which you are because <laughs> I reference <laughs> totally. I don't think I would have known what kind of camera to get if it wasn't for you. So I've been intimidated by like getting a real camera. And then also you spent over an hour of your life last Friday night, walking me through how to use my camera, which is, you're just an angel on earth for doing that. It was fun. It was so fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so fun. And I'm, I'm so thankful to have you as a resource. And I think, I think that really brings us into talking about you and your background. So I just, let's get into just interviewing you and learning more. Um, Let's start with how you came about living in New York. Like you said before that you were living in Texas. So let's talk about that. Oh man. I'm nervous and excited to like dive into this whole thing because I feel like I've never really sat down and explained my entire 
you know, we don't really ever sit down and tell somebody for an hour about what we've been through. You know, I, right. I feel like we're those kind of people that just, unless somebody asks, which here we are. Right. But- and they never know where to start. That's always my thing. I'm like, which problem do you want to know about? <laughs> yeah. Where do we even <laughs> which <begin? one? laughs> Like, which year should I start at? Right. Exactly. But New York specifically is something I am really excited to dive into because I have been lucky to move here. I moved here in September of last year, which if you had told me last March, like I would have been in disbelief that that could have even been a possibility, but I feel like life kind of guides you in the right direction and it very specific timing. Um, and for me, what led me to that choice to move here kind of goes back to God. I mean, like growing up, like I, I was a, kid taking pictures with my camera phone, um, at 13, I think, you know, we were one of the first generations that had like a flip camera phone. Wait, I'm like, you had a flip phone. You had a camera (laughs) phone at 13. Like I, I had a Nextel. Okay. A razor. (laughs) Oh my God. So Um, advanced. But like my parents, you know, my whole family is creative. So we were always raised to like you know, believe whatever we wanted to do, we could do it. And so I was always into photography. I got really into it in high school and growing up, we had the opportunity to come to New York a lot because we have family that lives in New Jersey and we're such musical theater children. Like my whole family sings, we play piano. And so every time we got to come up here, we got to go to a Broadway show and I, my uncle lives here and my brother lives here now. And so it was just always a place I kind of felt drawn to. Right. And I ended up going to college in Indiana. I'd grown up in Texas my whole life, but going away to college at a state that was like 15, 16 hours away was such right. a shock for me at 18. Like I'd never been really away from home. And, but just that distance was so like such a refreshing time of my life to kind of really figure out who I am and and what I want. And just having a place that was like my own felt so great. And so I think I had always planned on maybe moving out of Texas. Like my whole family's in Texas and it's, it's, it's home. I love it. Like barbecue all the way. Yeah, no, totally. And I'm wondering, like, did you, did you go to school for photography? Like, what did you take in college? You did. That's so cool. So that was why I chose Indiana because when we were kind of trying to figure out where I was going to go, my parents were like, well, let's figure out a school that has a good photography program. And we had thought about arts colleges for a while. Like, I don't know if you're you know of like SCAD, like Savannah College of Art and Design. And then there's Rhode Island School of Design. I went to a pre-college program there when I was 15. And it was, I was just not cut out for art school. Like I was a dorky choir girl and I tried to fit in with like all these cool, like 16 year olds that already had like tattoos and were smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, do you guys watch Glee? Like, like, (laughs) I'm not an artist. Like I, I never felt like I could use the term artist to define me. I just felt like I was good at taking pictures. Like, and I just was lucky enough to have an education and to be able to get a great job right outside of college. So the reason I moved back to Dallas was because I got a photo job there and I was dating my boyfriend at the time we had started dating the summer before my senior year of college. So I was lucky enough to be able to move back to the city where he was. This is Justin. Justin. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> My current boyfriend. <laughs> current boyfriend. So as far as me 
making the decision to move to New York. Like luckily I was in Dallas when I first started dealing with health issues and I had a full-time job that was consistent and reliable. And that really allowed me to dig into what was going on in my body and like pay for doctors and pay for, uh, you know, supplements and a higher quality diet. And so I was, I kept saying like, oh my God, like, thank God I never moved out of Dallas, you know, like in my early twenties, cause it would have been so stressful. And I, I don't know if I would have been able to get better as fast as I did or learn everything that I did. I, I think throughout the years, I just got more and more comfortable with like saying like, oh my God, like, thank God I never moved to New York. Like that was something I had always wanted to do, but I kind of pushed the idea away, um, for a long time. Like that's nowhere for like a sick person to live. And that would have been way too stressful. Like I probably would have- Which is so limiting, right? Like to think that. And, and I will say like chronic illness is not cheap. Oh no. It is not cheap. And especially because so many people don't cover it. So, you know, I think staying in your comfort zone makes sense, but then you sort of limit yourself into what you want to do and you feel like you can't do it. You know, Yeah, it was, it was tough. And and we'd always talked about wanting to move out of Dallas. Like, like Justin was born in New York, actually, he was born in upstate New York and I was born in California. So like, we always kind of wanted to explore. We wanted to live in other places, but financially and health wise, like I, I wasn't in a place to ever move. And just in the past year throughout me getting better and doing a program called DNRS, which I'll talk about a little later, it really kind of helped uncover what I really wanted in my life and, and what my health has been holding me back from for me, kind of the process of DNRS was like talking things out loud and like saying things in front of a mirror and, and right my brother put this idea in my head of like, well, apartments in New York are the cheapest they've ever been right now because of the pandemic. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And and then I just found myself during my practice thinking about living here and it just all fell into place. Like it all just made sense. And Jess and I were both in a place in our careers where we were ready to kind of take a risk and, and put ourselves out there and try to figure out who we are and what we can do. And And then we found an apartment and like, we sold all of our stuff, which is so cliche, but like we had so much furniture. Totally. And moving from, (laughs) I I don't know if you were in a house or an apartment, but moving from something that is a larger space and into an apartment in the city, you have to sell all your stuff because there's no room for it. There's no, there's no place for that. We got here in a five by seven with a five by seven trailer with like, my SUV with the dog in the car, all of our stuff. Like we didn't ship anything. We just packed it up and went, which was absolutely mind blowing in the middle of everything going on last year. And like, we couldn't say goodbye to people. Like we were just like, peace, like we're leaving, which, uh, and you drove here, which is also insane. And I know that you had some crazy experiences on the road too. Cause you guys hit like a wild storm, right? Nightmares. Like it, it was full on. I think, you know, we also kind of don't realize how stressed we are sometimes until something yeah. happens and you're like, oh my God, like I've been stressed. But we hit a storm in Pennsylvania and it was in the evening and it was dark and we were in the mountains and it was torrential downpouring. Like you can barely see in front of you. And I had like a panic attack and my dog's like freaking out because there's lightning. And I'm like, oh my right. God, like everything just kind of hit me all at once. Right. I think I had been pushing through. Um, and 
just using my DNRS practice to kind of like keep myself grounded, but you know, we're human and <laughs> yeah, let, these things happen. <laughs> I know. I know. And let's, I, I really want to ask you more about DNRS because, you know, I don't think everybody knows about it and it's been so helpful for you. So, you know, when did you, when did you realize that you had chronic illness and then like, kind of tell us how DNRS sort of helped you and, and where that came into play? Yeah, for me, I, DNRS was like my finish line thing. I think I needed to get to where I wanted to be all the years that I was dealing with symptoms. And, and I mean, it took years of other protocols and trial and error to like, even get to the point where my body was prepared enough to do something like this, like with the NRS, but as far as chronic symptoms. So when that stuff started, was it, it's and like you said it, like when I interviewed you it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly when things kind of went wrong right, right? right. and we can only do our best to put the puzzle pieces together and try to figure out yeah. like okay like it's probably this and this and this okay like <laughs> right it's Pandora's box and then also you start realizing things like oh maybe I had an illness a lot longer than I thought because of this symptom that I had five years ago that you yes. forget about yeah I had like a full-on stomach problem. Like in middle school, I remember my parents had to like pick me up one day cause I was so sick and just little things like that, that you mentioned wow. too, where it was like, we were always kind of sick kids. And I had a lot of my sophomore year of college, I had so many sinus infections. And I think that that was the year that I might've been living in mold. And I, looking back at it now, I'm like, Oh, same. I also had so many sinus infections and strep all the time. Yes. It's interesting when you start thinking about that. And also just something that you said that just reminded me is that I feel like everyone I talk to that has chronic illness has either IBS or had some sort of stomach issue. And we know that so many things start in the mm-hmm. gut. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really something interesting to think about too, is like, was that the reason why we all ended up so sick is that our bodies couldn't process it correctly, like whatever was happening, mold, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times too, um, uh, similarity that a lot of people with gut issues have literally goes back to birth. And I remember talking to people about like, if they were breastfed or if they like had a, were a C-section baby, like that all kind of goes into play into how our gut flora creates itself. And yeah. So were you breastfed? So I was for a little bit, but like I had really bad colic as a baby. So I ended up, they ended up transitioning (laughs) me. Same, same. Okay. Um, when it comes to my symptoms, the big shebang that kind of oh the really shebang kick things off <laughs> was oh yeah it all started with a bang <laughs> it truly did and I think it was the summer so it was the summer Justin and I started dating and we had only been dating for three weeks and we knew each other in high school so that's kind of okay. how we reconnected we reconnected at a friend's wedding that summer and we were like it just was instantaneous connection like one of those like oh hi and he was like hi, like, where have you been? Like, you know, and he asked me out that night and then the summer was just kind of a whirlwind, like romance type of like movie situation. Like we got into a lot of trouble. Like it was the first summer, the first time in my life, my parents gave me a curfew because they were like, you're staying out way too late with this boy. And I'm like, oh my God, summer, summer romance. That's amazing. It was, it's really funny. I have a lot of stories from that summer, but the thing that back really, to the back to the the bang, the bang. so to speak. 
not what you guys might be expecting. Yeah. Yeah. So here I was trying to be really cool, right? Like I'm still trying to make a good impression on this dude. And he's like, let's go longboarding. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Like I can do that. And so we were longboarding and he doesn't have helmets, but I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like we're just on the sidewalk. Like nothing bad is going to happen. And I've never been good on wheels ever in my life. Like anything that you have to balance on or whatever. Like I fell off my bike one time as a kid and I was like, never doing that again. But when you're dating a hot boy, you're like, I can do that. You know, totally, totally. You want to seem like the cool chick. Here I am. I get a little overconfident and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I can go down this hill. Yeah. No problem. And I'm going down and then I suddenly realize I don't know how to stop and I fall. So yeah. So like you hit a curb and most people, most kids that have like grown up on skateboards, they know jump off or like catch yourself with your hands, but no, my whole body goes backward. I hit my head on the ground. Oh my God. Yeah. I black out for like maybe half a second, but not long enough that like I realized I blacked out, but Justin right. runs over to me and he's kind of like laughing because he doesn't know that I'm hurt. And he's like, oh my God, wipe out. And I'm like, I, I can't really hear or like see because right. I'm disoriented. And he runs up to me and I start bleeding out of one of my ears. Oh, so he was probably traumatized. Truly. No. Okay. So you, you've seen New Moon, right? The Twilight yes. movie. Yeah. So you know when when Bella falls off the motorcycle and like Taylor Lautner whips off his shirt and like gives it yes. to, to her to like clean up the blood. That's what happened. So okay. He's like, oh my god. So he takes off his shirt. He like gives it to me to like hold my ear that's bleeding. He like <gasps> picks me up because I can't walk and he brings me to his car. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I I'm I can't hear out of my ear and he immediately Googles like bleeding out of the ear and it's like, go to the emergency room. Right. Well, <laughs> we should just never Google anything like that ever because it's just like bleeding. She's dying. You're, you're de- yeah. She's dead. That's it. Like you killed her. It was a nice <laughs> three weeks later. <laughs> it's been beautiful. <laughs> it, was, it was a whirlwind romance. And my uh, God. yeah. God. Oh my God. Imagine. I can't even. Uh, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> let's not get, let's not get dark. <laughs> Let's not go dark on this. Not explore the what ifs. Yes. But But yes, Justin races me to the ER. He calls my parents on the way. He's never met them, mind you. So this was a hell of a way to kick off a relationship because- (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love this story. Like, Was he your boyfriend? Because I feel like he was just like a guy you were dating. Yeah. Just dating, dating. Like he had gone to a couple concerts with me because I was doing this like cool internship that summer where I photographed for a journalism like publication in town where I got to go to concerts and we like go to Waffle House late at night and like hang out and he'd play guitar and we'd watch movies and like go to bars with friends. It was the most chill. And so that night was like, got like straight out of a movie I swear to god like the whole thing was such a blur and the way he and my dad first really like met was they had to transfer me to a different hospital because their their um cat scan machine wasn't working at the one we went to so they had to load me up on a stretcher and take me in an ambulance to a hospital in Dallas and Justin and my dad like both take separate cars and race to this other hospital in Dallas And they get there 30 minutes before we do and have to sit next to each other in the waiting room silent for 30 minutes. (laughs) 
is terrifying. This is just horrible on all accounts. I don't even know. No, I know. Like, like how did you... we ever get yeah. past this? Right? Like, <laughs> no, I feel like he has to marry you after this. Like, there's Truly. no, like, there's no going back forever. Yeah, there's no going back. Like, he, yes, he was almost responsible for you dying. Now he's like involved. The, no, that's it. And I had to stay in the hospital for like three days, but then I was on bed rest for six weeks after that while my like skull, cause I had a skull fracture. You had so, a skull fracture. Did you, in a concussion or no? In a concussion. Yeah. Okay. So for a lot of people that don't know, like post concussions are some of like the most pivotal time because when you experience a traumatic brain injury like that, your blood brain barrier is really fragile when that barrier has been compromised different viruses or like toxins can reach your brain. So Uh, this like protective barrier that's holding your brain in place, like for me was compromised throughout that time. So like after that year, a lot of stuff kind of started like coming up and I did heal, but about a year later, I graduated college. I had moved back home and I had been home for two weeks. And all of a sudden I got really intensely sick with mono. Mm. And that's kind of the beginning of the end. I was sick for like 10 days. And And that one stays with you forever. And if you're living in in mold, which I know you're going to talk about, I mean, that just keeps getting activated, right? Like over and over again. Yes. So that's something that I learned once we figured out we had mold in our townhome that we lived in for five years. Right. Sometimes EBV or Lyme disease, these underlying viruses that compromise your immune system can lay dormant in your body for a long time. You might never know you have them until you're exposed to something like mold that activates it in your body. So I don't really know how long I might've been dealing with EBV, but all these things we, I call them like my dominoes because it it was just kind of one thing after another that like led me to my downfall because after mono, I just never really felt like things went back to normal. Like I started having never got better. That, yeah, yeah, truly. Like I just, my immune system was like, bye. Like, it yeah. was just not working the way it was supposed to. And it was just kind of a spiral effect after that. So I, you know, I started dealing with digestive issues. That was kind of the number one. And all these things that I had been eating for so long started giving me like really painful gas, like to the point right. where I could barely like be at work because I was in like pain. And then like, I couldn't go to the bathroom for four or five days at a time. Right. Cause you like, weren't, which, your digestive system wasn't working. Like your gastrointestinal correct. system was totally wrecked and yeah. mold lives in your, in your gut. Right. Yes. Like it's, and yes. it sits on top of viruses and bacteria and it sits on top of things like Lyme. So that's. And then SIBO can thrive small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is something that I dealt with all five years. And it wasn't. So the first like year or two that I was dealing with symptoms, I just was like, I was so confused. You know, I started dealing with alcohol intolerance and mm-hmm. just fatigue to the point where I could barely get out of bed in the morning and like going to work was so hard. And I would drink three or four cups of coffee just to not fall asleep. Like on my car right Right. home. Right. And I was 23 at the time. Right. So you couldn't go out and be normal at 23, which a lot of people experience, but that's, that's so hard. Like, how do you, you know, what did you do? Did you stop drinking alcohol? Like, how did you kind of get through all of this? It was really trial and error for a while. And it wasn't until I think like October, 2015, when I 
finally heard from my endocrinologist that he thought that I had Hashimoto's, which mm-hmm. is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid. And he tried me on like, like all the thyroid medications and none of them worked. They all just made me feel worse. And so he was like, well, you could try giving up gluten. And I was like, huh? Like, I just, I'd never heard anybody reference food in regard to like, oh my God, that's mind blowing. Yeah. That's mind blowing. And I'm like, wait, so why? And he's like, I really don't know. I just, a lot of my patients tell me giving up gluten helps them. So that sent me down a rabbit hole of like, sure, you know, Google. And that's when I first discovered Danielle Walker of Against All Grain, who loves her. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah, like she's my awesome. favorite. And yeah. I think she kind of paved the way for a lot of people. Um, as far as like the paleo diet goes, like she has mm-hmm. some New York times bestselling cookbooks, which she, she has a recipe for literally anything you could ever possibly want in your life. Like, and I discovered paleo at that time because that's what she wrote about. And that I decided to do like a whole 30 just for a month, just to see how mm-hmm. I how I felt because I gave up gluten and it didn't really do much. Um, unfortunately, were you still eating dairy at the time and other grains? Like you were eating everything except gluten pretty much and And alcohol. Yeah. So alcohol came a little later. Um, so as I started seeing improvement with my diet, I was so hopeful for the first time in so long, I was like, Oh my God, like, thank God I found a cure for this. Like my life is going to get easier now. Right. And unfortunately, every time I would eat off of my diet, even a little bit, like if we went out to eat and I just wanted to have something that wasn't strictly paleo, it would send me back into a flare for like weeks at a time. Like we'd go on vacation. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to have this like one thing. And I'd be sick for like two weeks and it, it just sucked. It was so draining. And then shortly after that, I just got more tired and more tired. And I, I just was being my own health advocate because none of my doctors could really figure out like the diet and you know, the piecing together of all of it. And so I, I think it was like maybe a year later that I hadn't found any, I hadn't gotten into holistic healing yet. Um, cause I just hadn't been able to find anybody. I didn't really know how to find someone or who to go to. And right. so I think it was like, the last time I ever got drunk, we went out for a night with friends and I like started the night with mimosas, which was my first wrong decision, but you know, yeah, champagne is a killer like that. Yeah. I can't drink champagne unless I like want to have a headache for like a week, just straight sugar just sugar. Yeah. Yeah. But it was an awful night. And I like, I had a hangover the next day, but then the hangover did not go away for two weeks. Like did not. That is a nightmare. And I woke up every day and I felt the same. And I'm like, something is so wrong with me. And and that was the time where it was so hard because like like Justin just didn't understand. You know, he was like trying to be supportive and and he's like, okay, like whatever you need to do. Like, what do you think you need to do? And I'm 24 and giving up alcohol and it was just a really complicated time. And, and I don't think things started to get easier until I found my first practitioner. And mm-hmm. luckily like a coworker recommended her to me and she was an applied kinesiologist. And I remember walking into her office and telling her about everything I had dealt with. And she just listened to me, you know, for right. like an hour. I just unloaded. Which is her. unheard of. Like we, really? especially in this, in the chronic illness community, I mean, people are constantly going to doctors and, and, a, and really a diamond in the rough is finding a doctor who will listen to you. Yes. And, and, and really absorb the information. And like mm-hmm. the first thing she said to me when I was done talking was like, Melanie, I know what's wrong with you and you're going to get better. 
And wow, I just sobbed. Like I sobbed. I was like, oh my God, like I've been waiting for somebody to say that to me for two years. Like, and it was the first time I felt like, okay, there's going to be a light at the end of this tunnel. Like, right. There's hope. There's hope. There's answers. And okay. So, and I know, I didn't know if we wanted to cover like this whole chapter of it here, but we might as well, because yeah. I've Are we talking you- gallbladder? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. We should cover it. Cause I think it's, it's really important. Okay. So people prepare yourself because could be TMI, but this is very important information because I really haven't told a lot of people about this time, but it was like maybe a year into my recovery with this specific practitioner. And we had done so many protocols. And at the time she was muscle testing me positive for gallstones. She just told me flat out, like, you should probably try doing a gallbladder flush. And this was back at the time where I was just desperate to get better and I was desperate for answers. And this was the first person that actually was able to help me and like give me answers and guide me to getting better. And so I just, I trusted her. I trusted the process. And so I was like, okay, what do I have to do? She explained this whole gallbladder flush to me. And basically what it is, is you kind of, (laughs) it's okay. Yeah. And like, I need to preface this with saying, I'm not sure I condone gallbladder flushes. Like I think that there's, there might be a time and a place with the doctor's help, but they can be very, they can be very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. And I didn't know that at the time, you know, I hadn't Googled it at all because I was scared of what I would read. Well, you're with somebody you trust too. So you're just like, okay, I'm going to follow this. But so it, it leads, it's a whole week process. So leading up to the flush, it's a heavy detox that basically like flushes your whole gallbladder of any residual stones or bile or toxins that might be stored. And if people don't understand the gallbladder is like a very small part of like, it's like right below your liver. So they, they kind of are teammates because Mm -hmm. your liver is your filter. And then your gallbladder, you know, carries all those toxins out through bile out your digestive system. So it's a very important organ when it comes yeah. to detoxification and keeping right. everybody healthy. Sure. So, and metabolizing fats. Cause like all of yeah. our fats get metabolized in the gallbladder. So a lot of people that have issues with their gallbladder or get their gallbladder removed because a lot of people do get it removed. Like it's not mm-hmm. essential. I, I think it's essential, but yes, it, it's it can essential. Be removed. <laughs> it is essential. Um, they have problems digesting fat. So I feel like that's, and that's something that you've, you've noticed, um, as well. Yes. So I've always kind of struggled with like digesting fat. And I think that was kind of one of the big reasons I was overweight as a kid. Like my body just wasn't doing, you know, what it was supposed to be doing. Sure. And I ate a lot of fat. And then when I went on Jenny Craig, I didn't eat any fat at all. And I think yep. that's why I was like very successful in losing weight and flushing mm-hmm. toxins. And so this flush kind of, so to explain it, it's a weak process where you go for a week without eating any fat. And then the first, the two days leading up to the flush, you don't eat any protein either. So I remember the first one I did, it was, I was at work the day before and all I was eating was like veggies and like veggie broth and and stuff leading up to this. And Mm -hmm. I got so dizzy that day. Like my blood sugar was just not having it. And I remember almost fainting at work because I was like, I didn't have any fat or protein. Like I didn't have anything to kind of help my body stay energized or satiated. That was kind of a scary part of the process, but the day of the flush, you stop eating at noon. And then right before you go to bed, 
you drink a mixture of olive oil and lemon juice. And throughout the week before then, I was drinking like apple juice and apple cider vinegar that kind of like helps break up the stones mm-hmm. is like what I was taught. And then the day you do the flush, you drink all that, you go to bed and you have to like lay on your right side and it's supposed to like flush the stones out. And then the next day you take magnesium citrate, right? And you drink that and you're just supposed to expel these stones the next day. Like you go to the bathroom and, and like it, and it sounds painful, but it, you don't feel it. Like, it's just so strange. Like, do you feel sick when you're at, when you're drinking the oil? Like, do you feel nauseous from, from drinking that? No, it's weird. Cause like you, you don't eat fat the whole week leading up to it. So when it came down to the time of like drinking the olive oil and the lemon juice, it was like, Oh my God. Like it just, it honestly like tasted good at the time, but right. Cause you're like, your body's like starving for fat, anything, fat, protein. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. And it was such an intense detoxification. Like I felt so like tired, like leading up to it, tired the day of, and then I started eating food again, like that next day. And then the day after that, it was like, I felt better than I had in, in, years. Like it was like, Whoa, okay. Like something happened. Um, but then I went back to my doctor and she muscle tested me again that I still had stones and she's like, okay, listen, so we're just going to do these flushes every six weeks until you don't see stones anymore. So this is when stuff kind of started getting bad because yeah, another six weeks go by, I do another one, another six weeks go by, I do another one. And throughout that time I lost my period. So I stopped having a period Right. Obviously Which my- is a red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Like obviously Huge my- red flag. My body is not dealing with hormones. My liver's like focused on other things. So yeah. stopped having a period and I just lost a ton of weight and I really wasn't aware of it at the time. And until like further along in the year. And I was looking at myself in the mirror, try on clothes with my sister at a store. And I was like, Whoa, they must have like one of those thinning mirrors. Like, Holy crap. Like, but my sister's <laughs> like, no Mel, like you're that small. It's you. <laughs> And I was like, no. And I hadn't weighed myself at all, but I, I did like later. Cause I started questioning this whole process and found out I'd lost like 20, at least 20 pounds. Wow. Like, uh, and so, yeah, nothing is- you should do, nothing that you do should make you lose your period. Like at all. That was about the time that I started kind of getting scared because right. I felt like my body was kind of out of control. And although I was seeing improvements, and everybody was like, oh my God, you've lost all this weight. You look great. Like, I right, which is always the case, right? Yes. Like where people are like, oh, you're so skinny, but there's no, is something wrong? Like, are you okay? Yeah. Like I wasn't working out. Like I was too fatigued to work out throughout that year. Cause I, I did right. these for a full, like eight months, probably. How many did you do? Cause I feel like this is mind blowing too. I think I did eight. I, th- oh I think God. I did eight. That's insane. Yeah. So you probably were losing muscle as well because fat oh, yeah. is such a, like a building for your muscle and for your joints and your bones. So like, of course you're lo- not just losing fat, like you're losing muscle, which is crazy. Yeah. And I've never been so weak in my life. Like my body. So there was an instance that year where I went to paleo FX in Austin. It was mm-hmm. like going to be the highlight of my year. I was like, Oh my God. Like I get to go to this fun event where all these people are like me. Like yeah. that's kind of when I was starting to want to go back to school. So I wanted mm-hmm. to like talk to people about programs and 
So I was there and I like sampled a bunch of stuff and like went around and like was walking a lot, talking to people. And I had an intense attack when I was there, like, like to the point where I got so dizzy, I could barely see. And I had to go outside and like call an Uber to take me back to my Airbnb. And I still, to this day, like, don't know what it was, but I was eating a lot of desserts, like while I was there. So I think my body just didn't, couldn't handle my blood sugar right. desserts. Cause I wasn't it was having overwhelming. Yeah. My body wasn't processing fat or protein to help balance out any right. kind of like spikes in my blood sugar. Right. Which is huge in paleo because I'm sure that a lot of the things that you were eating were either had coconut oil or were nut based. And that would definitely be just like so heavy on your gallbladder that had just been not working really. Yeah. 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 And I think it got to the point where, um, I started seeing stones that were lime green that were coming out of me and they were different colored than they were at the beginning. And that's when I was like, what is going on? And so I just was like, and that's bile because anything that you see that's like yellow or neon or green that is in your stool, like that is bile and and you should not be releasing it in that in that way correct and I I started googling and that's when I was like okay I need to look into this and and my doctor just kept telling me no you still have stones you still have stones and I'm like I don't believe you anymore like I I decided to take it upon myself to go get a sonogram to be like do you see anything in there and I got the results back and she was like your gallbladder's clear as day. And I was like, okay. So yeah. And it's, this kind of thing was just so scary because, you know, we believe so strongly and just like getting better and trying to do what we can to learn to do it the right way. And it was a really big learning experience for me. And I stopped doing the flushes and it was like maybe six weeks later, I got my period back. And then I started gaining weight back and I started feeling better. And So unfortunately, like, I wish that had been the thing that got me to my finish line, but unfortunately like symptoms continued and that whole situation really inspired me to go back to school because I was like, I really, I really need to get educated because I don't want to make mistakes like this. And I want to do what I can to get better. So that's when I started the course to become a functional nutritional therapy practitioner with the NTA. And that was the most exciting time of this whole journey for me because I was surrounded. I remember that first day I was surrounded by people dealing with the same stuff I was. And we were all like sitting there eating lunch and somebody like cracks open a can of sardines. And, (laughs) and I was like, you know, in a normal environment, anybody would have been like, um, excuse me. That's gross. Right. Right. But we're all like, yeah, sardines. Like, (laughs) right. So healthy for, yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) And just everybody had their own story. And that first day of the program, we all went around and, and told our experience and told our stories. People were crying. Like we're all, we're all, you know, really coming together. And, and I learned so much throughout that experience. And I never really planned on becoming a practitioner really. Like I, I just wanted to learn what I could learn so I could get better. But throughout my education, talking to everybody, you know, I worked with about it and my family about it. And I just got so invested. And, and then I think it was throughout the program that I went back to that same doctor and she muscle tested me for gallstones again. And I was just like, 
No, I started asking all of my classmates and my instructor about it because I was like, there has to be another way. Like these flushes are not the answer. And so I started talking to everybody and we all did like a whole bunch of research and collaboration. And that's when I first learned about coffee enemas and coffee enemas are the best. <laughs> I know. I know. God, we could talk about them for a whole episode. Oh yeah. We should do an episode talking about those, which we, which will. we will do. Yeah, we will. But they're a really amazing, supportive, therapeutic mm-hmm thing you can do on your own, um, not expensive and you're in control and it helps, you know, release stored bile in your gallbladder and Mm -hmm. like supports your liver and is a big boost of glutathione. And so the reason that it went into play with my gallbladder is that we found out to make sure you have viscous bile, that's not going to get too backed up. You need Mm -hmm. magnesium, taurine, and choline and you need to be sufficient in all those things. So I found out that I was not sufficient in choline. I started taking choline every day. I started yeah. coffee enemas. I started doing <laughs> coffee, coffee enemas, enemas and choline and choline. And then I went back to my doctor and she's like, you're gallstone free. And I was like, what's up? Like, yeah. And you're like, I did it on my own. I didn't have to drink olive oil. I didn't lose yeah. my period. I didn't right, lose weight. Right. I did it right. the right way. And that was such an empowering moment for me. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like I, I can do this. Like I, yeah. I've learned so much and I was just so excited about it that I, that I just started talking about it with people. Like I, I not really so much the gallbladder flushes, but like, did you know, like if you're Health, not drinking yeah. enough water, like this and this, like, Oh my God, like I've seen so much improvement. Yeah. You and- get sucked in. It's definitely, you know, you start sipping the, the wellness Kool-Aid and it's also because I think once we start getting into that place, like you're like, oh, not only am I helping myself, but mm-hmm. now I can help all these other people. And yeah. I think, and and that's what's so great about you is that you're so knowledgeable and you have such a strong background in all of this, but you also, you're so open with all of your information and your, your sharing of it. And I, and I feel like that's so powerful. And so was all of this, like when you got into the, the NTA, like, was this kind of the end of of your symptoms and the beginning of your healing or, or was it, or was there more to it? I wish like right towards the end of the NTA about a month later, I got tested for like parasites again. And that's the point where I was, I was like drinking celery juice every day. I was taking enzymes. Like my digestion was on point and my doctor, cause I finally did change to a different doctor, to a naturopath who was really the person that I think I needed through all of this, just somebody with more of a medical knowledge, you know, and mm-hmm. she worked with other MDs in a amazing naturopathic office in Dallas called Carpathia Collaborative that if anybody is looking for a holistic practitioner, I think my favorite, my favorite offices are ones that are collaboratives where there's a lot of people with a lot of holistic backgrounds that all come together and really like help you figure out what's going on and put the puzzle pieces together with everybody's like education. Get different opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we all as holistic practitioners, like learn different things based on our experience and our education, but so to, much li- that- to live it and everybody specializes in, in different things. And that's why, you know, you and I have been such a great collaboration because, you know, I have my specialties and you have yours and there's so many people within the health and wellness industry, but also within chronic illness that specializes in things based on their experience and living it, and then how they are able to help other people through it. Thank God I found that naturopath because 
when I found out about the parasites, both of us were just like, how in the world, like, could this be happening again? That's when she was like, have you checked your house for mold? And she's like, that's the only way parasites would be able to continue to thrive in your environment with all that you're doing, all that you have done, you need to check for mold. So I go home. I immediately tell Justin, he's like, I know where it is. And he opens up like one of our little weird air ducts that were in our bedrooms and looks in there and it's just a breeding ground. And it was the beginning of like, okay, I have a lot to learn. That is horrifying though, to see it, to know that it's there. I mean, mold is is everywhere and and you've kind of become the mold girl you <laughs> have an ebook on mold i know that you're known for for molds but there is not a lot of information mm-hmm. on mold and there's a lot of conditions that it not only mimics but that it kicks off like you said earlier and so so you found the mold then what did you what did you do what were your next steps when we're dealing with chronic illness, sometimes we feel like a prisoner in our own body, like, for sure. which is so, it's such a hard thing to deal with and, and get over. But then I also felt like a prisoner in my own home when I found the mold. I was like, there's no escape. There's right. nowhere for you to go at that point. Like I've been working so hard for so many years to get better. And it's been my home that's been holding me back. Like it just was mind blowing to me. And we lived there for five years. Wow. And I, it was a, the most stressful time, I think, of my entire process because it was just so frustrating. I'm like, I could have been better years ago, you know? I started speaking with a lot of different like mold specialists because we knew we had to get out of our apartment, but it was like, how do we find an apartment that's mold free? Like, how do you know, how do you figure that out? And I mean, I could talk about mold forever, but I, it took about four months for us to find a new apartment. And it was a really, really difficult process. I, I brought like a moisture meter with me to all the places we toured because anywhere that has a crawl space is more likely to have mold underneath the home. And for a lot of people, they don't realize that that air in their crawl space makes up like a lot of the air in their own home. So just get your crawl space encapsulated people. Like if there's one piece of advice I can give to any homeowner seal up that crawl space. Like, don't let mm-hmm. it get damp. Just, just do it, just seal it up. And then there's like, you know, attics, like you have to deal with moisture up there. It's just a balance. And I learned so much through talking to so many amazing people that gave me time. And I was able to interview them. I talked to my doctor. I bought this whole like mold summit thing to like learn about what it was doing to me, but we were able to get out. We found an apartment that was built on concrete slab foundation. So we didn't even have to deal with the crawl space and then it had vaulted, vaulted ceilings. So mm-hmm. we didn't even have an attic to deal with. So the air in that place just felt so clean and we moved out and that was the year of like detoxing mold. So I started going to an infrared sauna workout facility where I just like mm-hmm. sweat every day. I took binders every night to like bind to the mold, to get it out of my body. But that first night we had moved into that place was one of the best nights of my life. I took a shower and like we had washed all of our bedding in like the mold laundry detergent to like get the spores off of all of our stuff. I made bed. I got in bed and just like breathing the air. It like gave me that feeling like you were on vacation, you know, when you're like at the beach and you're just like, right. Like I can exhale finally. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because 
So what you did was obviously the right thing, right? You move into an environment that doesn't have mold in it, but the issue with mold is that it's in a ton of stuff. So you can clean your home as much as you want and you can get it out. You can move and you can do all this stuff and you could throw out your humidifiers and your Keurigs. And I mean, that's, that's what I did. Um, but you also, there's so much mold in so many other environments. So if you go to you know, somebody else's home or you go into a store or something, you can experience, you know, a flare up. So how did you, how did you deal with that after you had cleaned yourself out of all of this? Yes, that was a pivotal moment for me when I, I walked into a used bookstore almost a year after we had moved out of mold. And I had seen so much recovery throughout that process. Um, but I could still tell like something, something was not quite right. And I was like, I thought I'd be like, you know, dropping inflammation weight by now. Like there was just a lot of things I was kind of like, I don't, I still don't know. And we always, I always push people to listen to that intuition. Like if you still think there's something, listen to that, keep digging, you know, don't give up because your body is trying to tell you something. So I walked into a used bookstore and within like 60 seconds, all of a sudden I got kind of like dizzy and my, my body just got really weak. And I was like trying to read the books, like the book titles and I couldn't read anything. And I was like, something's happening to me. Like I have, I have to go outside. And I went outside and like had a migraine like the rest of the day. But then I bounced back the next day, which was great. But I told my doctor about it. I was like, what just happened? I had this like attack and half price books. And she was like, well, Mel, it's a used bookstore. It's probably loaded with mold. Like all these like of course. records and books that have been sitting in people's Right, business. but you're not thinking of that. Like of when you go not. there, it's not top of mind. Like, oh, I'm going into a moldy place, but right. yeah. But that's at the point where I was like, oh my God, like shit. Like, am I, am I going to have to deal with this from the rest of my life? Like deal with these flares? And my doctor was like, no, like what that is telling me is that your brain's limbic system is still on high alert. And there's a program you can take to help you get out of that. And I was like, huh? And she goes on to explain to me that like when the body has been dealing with stress or in a toxic environment for years at a time, and not just like mold, but any trauma really, like when you've been in a consistent stressed state right. for a long the, period of right. time, the trauma cycle, or like if chronic pain, I always call it the cycle of pain. Cause it's just like, you're continually in this cycle and your body is just activating and activating and activating. Yes. They call it the trauma loop in DNRS and your brain creates subconscious thought patterns to try to continue to protect the body because it, it just was used to recognizing that you lived in a moldy environment every day. So like every day we got to send out a full immune response. Like your body stays inflamed because it's constantly trying to heal and protect you from this like toxicity. And then when you move out of it, your brain has developed those neural pathways and it continues to go down that same cycle. So no matter what, when I was exposed to mold for like that moment of time in a store, my brain doesn't know the difference between just like, oh, we good. Like we're going to walk out of here and feel better in five minutes. It was like, fire all the systems, like take right. go, go, go. Yeah. And that's when I found DNRS, which is stands for dynamic neural retraining system, okay. which totally changed my life. And I knew after like five years of dealing with chronic symptoms, like what I had dealt with, like I always kind of felt like I needed like a chronic illness rehab. Like there mm -hmm. were just so many things that 
I thought about every day and worried about every day that I just didn't feel like I could move on with my life. And even though I was better and I feel like we had figured everything out and gotten all the puzzle pieces together, like right. Root causes were, were out there, but you still, there was something missing. Yeah. Like the, the mindset piece, right? Like I continued to fear foods. Like I, I was so afraid to go anywhere near like gluten. I would call every restaurant and be like cross-contamination. Is it a concern? I wouldn't go, you know, like just so many cities where I wasn't sure I'd be able to eat. Um, right. You don't want to be travel there. Yeah. Right. Right. Just constantly trying to make sure I didn't overstep that one boundary that would put me in a flare. And then this program comes into my life and it really uncovered what my brain was doing and thinking every day in response to foods or stressors or just all the things that I had been thinking about for so long and trying to protect myself from. And it helps you create a practice specific to you mm-hmm. and your trauma that you do every day. And it's kind of like a mixture of meditation, but also like NLP, neurolingual programming, and um, a lot of like self-talk kind of. Yeah. Like yeah. affirmation type of stuff. Yeah. Like mantra, like okay. figuring out like without symptoms, who am I, what do I want? And yeah. for me, the program really helps you dive into what you want. And for me, I was like, I just want to be healthy. I want to be strong. Like I want to work out and feel good again, like, and, and have energy. And, um, I don't want to fear food or fear life. And so the program helps you work through that and create new neural pathways so that your brain can get yourself out of that chronic stress Mm -hmm. state, escape fight or flight for good. And be able to move on and, and yeah. And function in day-to-day life and society. (laughs) Yeah. And just kind of, and I say this sometimes, but like throughout healing, I feel like I had to consider the old me like dead and gone. Like that girl that was in college that could just like drink and have fun and feel good. Like that girl was gone. And, and that was the way I was able to get from day to day. And like mm-hmm. embrace the life that I had to live and, and lo- love it. You know, I did, I did, I do love eating paleo. Like I love this community. I love that I get to help people through this, mm-hmm. but there was still always part of me that like wondered, you know, like, am I ever going to get to see that girl again? Cause I, I love that girl and right. I love this version of me too, but I still miss parts of my old life. And that's really what this program has done for me. And I, I didn't ever think I could tap back into like that freedom. Um, but I've really been able to, and that's essentially what got me to New York because going through the program and and doing my practice every day really helps reveal what you want at the end of the day. And like helps eliminate all those things that have been holding you back for so long. And I realized like, I do still want to live in New York city. Like I want, I want to dive into this business full time because it means everything to me. Like, yeah, it saved your life. I mean, it it did. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like I would not be here today talking about this. Like if I hadn't have gone through what I have gone through and, and it really has like, some people ask me sometimes, like, how did you have the willpower to like do all that for so long? And it's like, because I didn't want to give up. Like I, I wanted 
to find myself again. Like I, I, I knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean I'm cured. Like, I'm not trying to say like, I don't have bad days, but I know how to address things when they come up. I, I know I've, I understand my body now. I understand what it's trying to tell me. I'm fully in tune with it. And I have tools that I need to combat any, any issues that might arise moving forward to the point where I've finally been able to reintroduce foods. I haven't been able to have in a really long time. And I I can go out to a restaurant before I've looked up the menu and I can taste my boyfriend's bourbon when he like gets really excited about something. He's, he like infuses his own bourbon. So he's like, can you try it now? You know, this thing that I just never have been able to like try. And all these things that I just feel like have been holding me back from, from the life that I want. And all of that really yeah. has brought me to where I am today and, and being able to understand that I am capable of moving somewhere and, and like, shouldn't be afraid of it. And yeah. And you did it, which is insane. And it's, and that's such a hard thing. I mean, I think we go through so much grief as people who are chronically ill, because you really do lose pieces of yourself. And it does take a lot to fight and continue to push and to find other pieces of yourself, you know? So you lose certain things, you lose that person that you thought you were, but you really become who you were meant to be. And I think that like, you know, seeing you, you know, you really own who you are and you're such an authentic, you know, person. And I think that that's really amazing. And that's really brought you to creating your own program and your own course. And, and I want to just, you know, touch on that for a little bit and just hear, hear about it. Cause I think that it's such a great tool for people, um, for you to take all of your experience and share that with, with other people. Yeah. I, I have been dreaming about this course for years, for years. I've wanted to do this, but there was always just like something holding me back. And, and I think part of me was like, so scared that if I, hadn't learned how to really control everything that was going on with me. Like, how could I ever do that for other people? Like there was always this fear around it. Like, like, oh my God, like I'm not healed. So why are people going to like, trust me to heal? Imposter syndrome, 100%. Totally. And, and, but now it's like, I've finally kind of been released and into this universe and understand that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And that I have so much experience and so many aspects of years of trial and error, working with so many doctors, going through like a long list of different things that I had to uncover Mm -hmm. and learn about. And I created this program solely based on what would I have wanted when I was 23, like at the beginning Mm -hmm. of all of this, lost, alone, confused, like sick that is like the target market I'm trying to reach because those are the people I want to help. I, I want to be that person that's like, I know what's wrong with you and you're going to get better. Like the same right. way that my, that my you give hope for me yeah, because there is a light at the end of the tunnel and mm-hmm. it's empowering as heck to be able to understand what's going on in your body and like know how to change it. And throughout that period of time, like there's so many highs and lows of like grieving of like, is this, you know, am I going to have to live this way the rest of my life? But like, I want to be the person that's like, but dude, like it's fun. Like we get to eat pizza and like, here's all this fun stuff you get to do. Like there's amazing like beauty brands that we can make up, we can wear and like food we can eat and coffee we can drink. And like, 
you know, there's these cool like herbal alcohol replacements I've learned about lately. Totally. There's so many tonics and all kinds of things. So fun. And it, and, but it's impossible to go through it alone. Like I, and I don't want anyone else to go through it alone like I did. And so community is such a big part of this course too, because yeah, I'm giving you all the information that I've learned in the past six or seven years, but I'm also like adding in zoom calls, a special guest, and like people that have been through this too, and where we can mm-hmm. all really talk. And, and like what I experienced when I went through my nutrition program, where for the first time I felt normal because like 60 other people in this room, all were dealing with the same stuff I was dealing with. So like finding your tribe, like finding your community, feeling uplifted, understanding that like, you're not a weirdo for not eating <laughs> gluten or like not drinking right, alcohol. Right. There's a whole world out there of people that like feel better because of what they've learned and because the changes they've had to make in their life. So that's really why I've done this. And, and I'm so, I'm just so I could, I mean, I'm so excited. (laughs) It's, it's so great. And I, and I've been so fortunate because you've, you know, shared so much of the program with me and I feel like I've gotten, you know, to kind of watch it unfold and watch you create it and, you know, kind of have had this like little sneak, you know, peek at seeing everything. And it's, it's really incredible. And so, you know, where can everybody, can everybody find it, you know, just so, you know, they can enroll. How do they do that? Yeah. So all the information's on my website, everybodybymel.com. The course is called the everybody program and it's going to be a 12 week course. And so during the three months, I've really paced out the lessons every two weeks so that you only have to focus on one thing at a time. And we cover a lot over the course of three months. And so without, you know, having to do it all at one time, it's like one step at a time, but Unfortunately, like, because I'm going to be offering so much one-on-one support with clients, like I'm going to be available for office hours every day in case you ever need me. Um, I'm, which is so exciting because like, I wish I had just had somebody to text and be like, Oh, wait, help me like every day. Like, and that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be the cheerleader. Like, Hey, like, yeah, like go buy this thing at whole foods. But, um, I'm only going to be able to take on like 20 students every three months. So the course is going to be every three months. So right now enrollment is up until March 1st when the course, my first course begins. Mm-hmm. And so you can find all the info on my website, but there is an application process just because I want to make sure like this program's right for you, you know, and you can hop on a phone call with me. If anybody has like questions, there's information on my website in that regard. So, Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so great. And you know, I, I'm just so appreciative that, you know, you shared all of this with us and and your story because it's so powerful and so many people are going through the same thing. And, you know, as we continue, you know, with the the podcast and different episodes, you know, we're going to tap into a lot of your information and and experience and, and share that. So I'm just, you know, continually excited for, for our journey together um, yeah. And there's so much more to come, but we have to, we have to talk hot gas before, you know, we kind of close this out, but yeah, we just really thanks do. again for, oh my God, for sharing Thank you. with us. Thank you. <laughs> so hot gas today. What do we cover? Yeah. Let's honestly, cover hot gas. We should probably save Riverdale for last because I really yeah. want to dive into, uh, like spoilers in that regard. And I know not everybody has watched it. So We'll save that for last. Okay. I wanted to ask you about The Bachelor because this week, 
we finally kind of got mid season to the point where they're really focusing on relationships. Finally, Mm -hmm. like we got rid of the drama, but I'm to the point where I think this is the first season in 10 years that I really don't know who is going to be the top three. Like I, I typically know. Yeah. I wrote down who I think are like the tops at this point. Okay. I, I don't know. Okay. So these are my guesses and you'll have to tell me. <laughs> I want to hear your guesses. Usually. So I will say this. I usually look it up and I just kind of, I know I'm really bad. I go, I go in the reality Steve like route, but because of this podcast, I have decided to actually find out like a regular person this year. So I have not looked it up. So we can chat guesses and, and theories. Um, but I will say that I had a little bit of a hard time getting into this season because of all the drama. Like I just felt like, I don't know. I was like, this is, this is kind of dumb, but (laughs) now we're getting into like the real authentic girls. We're seeing some like actual relationships unfolding, like you said, and, and now it's getting a little bit, I think more interesting. Yeah. And I, I think Matt James is one of the best bachelors we've had in a long time. Like him walking in and being like, no more drama. Like I'm, I have to create a safe space for these women. Like goodbye was so refreshing. I was like, Oh yes. Thank you. Thank you. Like he is good. God. Yeah. He is definitely a good, a good guy, slightly boring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's a, he's a normal, like, he's a normal, nice guy. Nice guy. Exactly. So who wants that? (laughs) And like Tyler C is going to be on next week. And Tyler Cameron is like by far my favorite guy ever to come out of the bachelor franchise. And I'm, I'm like low key stalking him in New York. Like not really, but I, I know that should I go Justin, to Justin watch out if you do see Tyler on the street like should there be, is there a concern <laughs> oh he loves Tyler just as much as I love Tyler okay. like okay. we would be mutually excited to meet him and and it it just cracks me up because like I know he eats at like the butcher's daughter which is somewhere that I've eaten and I'm like I just always kind of keep my eyes open I'm like okay one of these days yeah but I really want to buy have you seen the hoodies that they put out that like has the shirtless picture of Matt James and Tyler Cameron on it yes yes you sent it to me yes okay good yes you did you're like we should get these which we haven't gotten but we should I kind of want it I kind of want it but that's gonna be like the icebreaker if I'm ever wearing that running into Tyler Cameron in the city I'm like I bought your merch I'm wearing your shirtless body on my body (laughs) that's that is that is hot that is definitely one day one day but I think honestly okay so top three this is just a total guess I really think Michelle's probably gonna win like that's just what my intuition is telling me she's she was one of the newbies that came in last week Mm, and they they went on a one-on-one and yep yep okay it was like they were connected sparks were flying you don't think Rachel I think Rachel's gonna win I think Rachel will be top two you do okay well this is interesting I I am really glad that we are kind of taking different different people here different horses in the race um (laughs) me too because we should make it interesting (laughs) okay (laughs) I think I don't know what but we should think about a bet I don't know what it'll be but we should let's think about that when you have to make me your chocolate tart okay (laughs) or ice cream something from the blog because okay and then you just let me know what you want I could like take some pictures for you or something (laughs) yeah pictures or a song I might want a song oh my god I gotta okay. think about, about what I want, but yeah, I think we should, let's keep it, let's keep it interesting. I know you're doing a bracket 
too, right? Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I, if nobody has ever done a bachelor fantasy bracket, I highly recommend because I've been the most invested I think I've ever been because it's a, you know, you want points and I'm on like batchbracket.com, I think is like a common one, but you get points based on total luck. It's kind of like gambling because you just pick six girls and then based on like who gets a one-on-one or who kisses him or who stays till the next week or who pops a bottle of champagne and just all this stuff, you get points for all this stuff. And so, yeah, it's like a thrill of gambling because every morning after The Bachelor, like you wake up and you check your scores and you're like, oh, you know, but it's a lot of fun. And it's kind of made me care more about who's getting attention, who's going to be on the screen. And yeah, it's a good, right. highly recommend. But yeah, I think right now, top three for me is Michelle, Rachel, and Brie. Like, I feel like he keeps circling yeah. back with Brie, but he, he's invested in so many girls. Like, I know like he's really into Abigail and Kit and Piper. Like he ran up to Piper on that group date and like, yes, yes, yes. Like, what is happening? Like he just, yes. I don't know. This is a very unpredictable season. There, honestly, it's interesting because there, there is a lot of drama and you know, he got rid of Victoria who was just like, I probably just continued to have her on the show for all of the drama, mm-hmm. but there also are some really great girls and like yes. really high quality people that are on it. So I think that's why he's having so many relationships. Like, I think it's genuinely going to be difficult for him to choose. Yeah. I'm excited to see the way it plays out. And totally. I, I really want Katie as the next bachelorette, like the dildo girl. Yes. Just cracks me up. And she's over here, like standing up for all the women. Like, like I just was like, yes, Katie. Yes. Like I just love her every episode. I'm like, please, 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 please. But obviously like Matt's not going to, they don't have any like chemistry. They're not. Yeah. But she might be a paradise contestant. I I honestly just can't wait for paradise because I just like paradise the best because that's just chaos. I know. I know. I love it though. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. It's so good. And there's, and there's so many, there's so many shows right now. Like I've been having a hard time keeping up with regular TV. So like keeping up with bachelor, keeping up with all the Bravo shows that I watch like housewives and um, summer house and all these really cool things because there's so much happening on Netflix and Hulu. So yeah. yeah so I wanted much. to talk cause we both watched the wink saga, the mm-hmm. fate wink saga. And then you watched flack and I haven't watched flack yet, but I, I want to hear oh, yeah. about it. Yes. But in regard to the wink saga, we don't even owe it that much thought really like the show. Yeah, we don't need to talk too much about it, but did you like it? <laughs> I did like it. Like I, I liked parts of it but then other parts of it I was like cringe like it just was a little cringy yeah but overall like some hot British guys like yes some badass women with like powers and and it kind of had like Harry Potter vibes from time to time and I like that part of it like I like the fantasy part of it and I will say that it was definitely like female empowerment forward which is like really cool like I think that but like, I feel like fantasy has to be done a certain way for me to get into it. Like I, I like Harry Potter. Like I like Game of Thrones, like where I feel like there's like a good balance of like normal and fantasy. The thing that got me every episode was how much they like texted each other. And mm-hmm. the whole show felt like it was in like 
I don't know, like in the past, like it did not feel like it should have been 2021 set, but then all of a sudden they whip out their phones and they're all like texting each other. And I'm like, are you supposed to be in another world? Like, I was just so confused. Right. right. Like, is there service in the other world? Like, how do you, how do you have service? It's about, it's about this girl, um, who knows she's a fairy, but she's from just like the regular world. And she's born into this family of non-fairies. And then she goes to this like college where everybody is a fairy and she's from America and it's, is it, it's in England, right? Like it's like a it's called, um, Alfia is where they're supposed to be, but they're literally yeah. in another world. Like they're I, in I, another world. Yeah. The thing that <laughs> the one thing in the show that I could not stop looking at the whole time was Sky's hair. So Sky yeah. is like the main hot dude, which like props to Netflix for finding these guys. But he had this like great hair thing going on, but then mm-hmm. this like one piece that kept oh my falling God. the other way. The rogue piece. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. That, make, that stuff makes me crazy. And and it wasn't just in one scene. It was all the scenes. Like that was a choice. That was a styling choice. Yeah. Why, Why did they do that? Why? Why agitate everybody? It like just comb it. The whole time I'm like, fix your hair. Like, and, and, and I was thinking like, because I'm like not super trendy and like, I don't know. I was like, is that a look? Okay. Like, is that a thing? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. Like how, I mean, listen, I grew up in the time of frosted tips. Like I can literally, and I loved when boys had frosted tips when I was in yes. junior high, I was like, oh my yeah. God. Speaking of frosted tips, did you watch, um, the new Justin Timberlake movie? No, no. Oh, I'm going to. You watched it. You didn't tell me you so watched it. Good. I'm sorry. I feel. I feel. It hurt came. By in, that. It came and went. Like honestly, like I watched it. I think it was Sunday night. I watched it. <laughs> How was that? It was really great. I mean, it, it is exactly what you think it's gonna be. Um, and the little kid that was in it was so sweet. It's called Palmer, right? Palmer. Yep. Okay. And um, it, it's on Apple TV. So if you don't have an Apple TV. Uh, profile hop on uh, you know family members or friends and just watch that movie because that's what we did and it's so sweet and he just I missed him in movies just Justin Timberlake is is like you know a warm blanket like you he just did such a good job and that little kid god I cried like oh yeah they're like they're besties I saw you know I didn't see the movie but I did see an interview with the two of them on the on the today show where the little kid was saying how he became best friends with Justin and it was the funniest thing was that he he was like I didn't know who Justin Timberlake was and Justin was like ouch (laughs) and like everybody like that was like interviewing them were like oh my god I feel so old like how how could you like not know so yeah but I think that this can take us into Riverdale because yeah let's go let's go there just dive in spoiler alert everyone get ready because this past week was the graduation episode Mm -hmm. which was supposed to be the season finale of season four before they do the time jump that was supposed to happen in season five but the whole filming production process got shut down three episodes early Mm -hmm. because of the because of covid so they started off with the last three episodes of what was supposed to be the end of season four and i think that there were kind of like pros and cons in that because part of me feels like they rushed the end of the storyline it did it did feel a little rushed and and i wanted to talk to you about that because I felt like they they were closing the loop on everything which I appreciate because I really hate when shows end and then they don't kind of answer your questions and they really did answer everything and there was a couple there's a couple of actors who were leaving the show and they uh, they gave a reason for everything 
but it did feel like they were like, okay, let's just like kind of get this over with. Let's like dip, 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 like let's get it yes. done so that we can time jump, which great. Let's time jump. I'm done. Like I let's know. close the chapter. I'm ready. And, and like, I really wanted to cry. Like I, I, I kind of went I didn't into- cry. Did you cry? No, I did. I didn't cry, <laughs> but I wanted to, I was like, I've watched these kids for so long. Like yeah. all of high school, they made it out. It's supposed to be emotional. Like Archie decides he's going to go join the army, which yeah. was a big, like, I'm just reveal. so over Archie. I know. <laughs> I hope he I'm just so over him. I as know. Like, not, not KJ Appa because I love KJ Appa, but yeah, like, he's great. But Archie, Archie is just like, please stop. Like, yeah, I, I can't. And I, I'm kind of excited for the time jump because I feel like, you know, that there, there needs to be a refresh. Like, you know, they're, they're all in their twenties, like all the actors. And I'm wondering like, if this is going, I know they just got renewed for a, a sixth season. And I'm wondering if it's going to be like, a few more because the now it's like almost like a new show like they're like oh it's a new story it's a new show and and that has to feel pretty good for the actors too to kind of change it up a little I think this is brilliant for yeah. a show a young adult show to do I think I don't think I've ever seen this happen ever where they're like okay we graduated high school we're 18 mm-hmm. next episode is going to be seven years in the future when we're 25 and like this show just is so interesting and I'm very intrigued to see what they do moving forward but mm-hmm. like I do want to give like an MVP kiss of the episode because uh FP and Alice saying Ugh. goodbye on the motorcycle and oh you texted God. me and you're like FP looks so good and I was like stop it like <laughs> he's so hot I know I know the dad here we are again yeah here we are again I'm usually not into into that but what also really gets me is that when they time jump, they're going to time jump into um, Jughead being a successful author, like Archie being in the army, Betty works for the FBI, and um, Veronica. Veronica is is married, which mm-hmm. is a, in and of itself is like, okay, she doesn't have a career. That's what she's doing, but that's fine. Yeah. Um but I love when movies and shows do this thing where they just assume that two years out of college that people are like successful in such a way like that they're authors and they're like F- like top FBI agents like meanwhile like at 22 23 like you're literally just still figuring your life out and that stuff makes me crazy like are you really a published author at 22 I mean if people are like that's so commendable but it's so commendable because it's not something that people do and yeah no it cracks me up but like I don't know all these kids I feel like after what they've been through I'm sure we're like where we know what we want to do and I yeah mean, you know it, it's whatever it's a, dream it's, world. A <laughs> it's a dream world it's a show we're being ridiculous but I I'm excited to to see what what comes of it and yeah I mean it's it's good to just kind of like switch gears like I, I'm ready for that breath of fresh air coming from them yeah and towards like mid-February I mean next weekend is Valentine's Day and oh my god <laughs> To all the boys we love, or to all the boys, like the third I love one is coming out. Yeah, third one, I oh. think. I think it's love forever, Largine. Largine forever, forever, or always forever, Largine. Yeah, the third. <laughs> it's the third one. And not only did I watch the first two this past weekend, um, because I I really was doing like a favorite movie weekend, which I was I was telling you it was just because like when I am feeling blue or something, I just watch movies that I already know. Um, but I also had read the the books um, 
to all the series to all the boys I love before. And I, I didn't reread all the books, but I did reread the last book mm. before the movie and the movies in the book are in the books are a little bit different with this one. So I don't know how it's going to, how it's going to turn out, but, um, I'm so excited. They're coming to New York. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, baby. I it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm I'm really excited for some Peter. <laughs> action. I love him. Yes. So that's my Valentine's Day plans. Oh I'm just gonna God. bake and eat and watch that movie. I am gonna dive into some chocolate. We're gonna dive yeah. into some rom-coms and it's gonna be a beautiful it's gonna be awesome. And I'm gonna develop some fun recipes for that. I this weekend I'm doing um two recipes from my family, um, my grandfather's, um, crescent cookies and my great grandmother's, um, apricot crostata. So I'm going to make those plant-based. So yeah. So more to come on that, but stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for listening to us guys. If you haven't already, give us a rating and review on Apple podcasts and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you guys in a couple weeks. So stay healthy. Yeah.